1: Welcome in. Happy Thursday. It is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag. Welcome in. I'm Corey Burton. Joining me is my number one energy man, my hype man, Israel Troop, man. What's going on?
0: What's going on, brother? It's getting ready for Friday night, man. Thursday night, Thunder tomorrow, that little JV game. It's going to be a good week.
1: Heck yeah, man. uh, we're, We're getting ready for a big region game as well. Uh, we have Father Ryan uh, this week, so that'll be get a good district win and a uh, region win, and we will be uh, off and running. Hopefully, a good playoff seed. The way it works in Division Two Triple A is they there's only eleven teams, so they just reshuffle the deck. So um, we're either going to be we're we're basically fighting to play in Nashville and not have to go to Memphis or Knoxville or Chattanooga.
0: There you go. One game at a time, baby. One game at a time.
1: One game at a time. Needless to say, this one's very, very important. So anyway, (laughs) uh, speaking of important games, uh, if you want to bet on important games, uh, obviously not these because these are high school games, but you can go to betonline.ag, who is your number one source for all your sports wagering needs, whether you're betting live games, uh, props, uh, futures, Whatever the case may be, BetOnline.ag has you covered as well as they have an online casino if you're a casino player. So head to the website or on your mobile device. I'm pretty sure, Israel, they have an app. It'd be cool if they did. Absolutely. And we're going to make some picks later, so stay tuned for that as well. Um, But head to the website, type in the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, betonline.ag. It's where the game starts. So uh, we talked in our last episode, we talked the Auburn game. We, we put that one to rest. We we decided a uh, slow start, uh, some things happening up front, mostly probably miscommunications with an offensive line as talented as we have and not being able to run the ball as effectively as we should or need, be, need to be. Um, Kentucky, comes into town they provide a legitimate threat Georgia's 14 and a half point favorites or just 14 point favorites uh, over Kentucky Kentucky has a can present a lot of problems for Georgia so let's get into that a little bit not only what Georgia needs to do but who they need to be worried about for Kentucky and I'm going to present the first name who had a monster game against Florida and that's Ray Davis.
0: Yes, uh, I watched that game. Uh, Ray Davis is still running right now um, as we speak. So um, he ran all over Florida. Um, I think Florida, you know, going back and watching it and seeing it firsthand of the night, I think Florida had a really good game plan. I mean, they have people in the right spots. You know, they just missed a bunch of tackles. You know, there's a whole lot of um, I don't want it from Florida um, in that game, you know, so. Um, you can say it's coaching. You can blame the DC all you want to, but if you go back and watch the game, he actually had him in, in pretty much the right calls. You know, it's up to those guys to go ahead and go out there and execute. Same thing with Georgia. You know, but at the same time, I mean, he's a really, really really good running back. And if you notice, a lot of their runs were where in between the tackles. You know, so that's one place. And I, I tell talk to our coach staff about this one place. I think that's our strength. You know, you're not just gonna beat us up front and completely just mash us down. You know, where you're going to get us is on perimeter runs. I haven't seen a lot of perimeter runs from Kentucky, but I'm sure they got them, especially if they watch the Auburn game. Pretty sure they're going to try to get us on the perimeter. Um, but we have too many great defensive minds on the side of the football, um, our head coach being one of them. And I'm pretty sure they got that fixed this week. You know, I feel like this year, passing-wise, I think we, we were a lot better um, in coverage. We look really good in man band. Um, in zone, a little, little sketchy, but we're getting better and better each game. I and mean, this is the first time, especially last week that I've seen us get outflanked a lot. Uh, we take some we took some bad angles against Auburn, um, things that you n- you normally don't see us do on defense. Um, but I think if we can contain him and keep the ball in between the tackles, I think we'll be fine. If you get us on the perimeter, I hope you fixed it from last week and then we're still going to be fine. I see no reason why Georgia can't pull this thing out, but it also starts with us executing, especially on the first drive um, of the game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, re- regardless of who has the ball, it's executing on the first drive, whether it's getting a three and out uh, on defense or whether it's driving it down and getting points uh, on, on offense and just showing that, hey, we're going to get into a rhythm. So defensively, I think uh, Devin Leary can run. So uh, let's not discount the fact that, hey, he, he's he's just just as much of a runner as Peyton Thorne was, and, and he's just as much of a runner as anybody in our league can be. And he's a special quarterback. So what you know, what Georgia has to do, you're exactly right. They have to not only they have to tackle well on the perimeter because they're going to have to dedicate bodies on the inside. So they're going to have to they're going to have to win some one on one battles out there. That's just the way it's got to be, um, unfortunately. And and then once you start winning some of those one on one battles, maybe then you can start and you start winning a little bit up front in the interior, in the cylinder of the defense. I think that you can now uh, start to start to do some things with those inside backers, whether you gap exchange, play some games, run some stunts, things like that. I haven't seen us really do much of that either, and I don't know if that's just because we have inexperience up there uh, in in the defensive front seven. But uh, I haven't seen as much. Like I remember two years ago, like there wasn't a play where somebody wasn't looping or twisting or or blitzing mm-hmm. or something. And this year, I haven't seen much at all of, of that. I'm sure we've yeah. done it. I just haven't really seen it much. And I, I think when you play a little bit more conservatively in the front, I think it puts a lot of pressure on your secondary. They have trouble communicating. I think the linebackers kind of have trouble with what their assignments are. And and I think you just have some guys that are out of position and, and can't make the play. Same with the reason why mm-hmm. there's been some throws that have been completely wide open. Uh, what the, and and areas that probably shouldn't be completely wide open. So, it's just getting. You know, I, I think that the the number one word that sums up this Georgia team and what they need to improve is communication. Well, absolutely, communication. I
0: agree. Completely agree. Communication, execution, man. I mean, you you see it when we're when we're rocking. I mean, we're rocking and rolling, man. I mean, it, it it is a beautiful thing to see when everybody's on the same page, everybody's doing their job, um, and things like that. I think. I think it just gets to the point to where, you know, we're trying to do a little bit too much as a player. You know, sometimes you want to make that big play, you know, or you want to, you know, all right, I saw this last time. I think I'm going to jump it this time. You know, just things like that. There's not, a, there's no selfish play in between any of our guys, if you really look at it. You know, um, I think it's just a point of, all right, I want to make this play. You know, I've seen it. You know, I think they're going to do this. You know, just anticipation plays. You know, but you just got to be disciplined. You gotta be disciplined, you know. So um I think that it just comes down to communication and execution, you know, and if you get a if you get a chance to make a play, make the play, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and Devin Leary's thrown five interceptions. Yeah, One
0: thing that we've struggled with this year is tackling.
1: Our yeah. tackling has yeah, not is, been very good. Which is uncharacteristic.
0: Yes, especially coming off of last year, you know, we go out there not a hell out of people. You know, now it's just we're trying to throw, throw our body in there, throw our shoulder in there, and hoping that he falls. We're hoping for him to fall. You know, and these guys lift weights just like we do. You know, so they're running through these tackles. You know, so we have got to tackle. And one thing, I, another thing I haven't noticed is us rallying to the football. You know, on a consistent basis. We do. But I'm used to seeing nine, ten guys to football. You know, you're yeah. starting to see, you know, maybe three or four guys, you know, maybe getting them to tackle. You know, and that's where these big runs come from. You know, if you got nine, nine, ten guys going to football. I mean, it's people think twice about running it. A lot as an offensive guy, you're you're good with about two or three guys trying to tackle you. You start seeing six, seven guys running towards you, you think twice. You probably get down.
1: Yeah, you probably will. I mean, there's no reason why Peyton Thorn should have had a should have ripped off a 61 yard gain. Like, there's no reason for yeah, that. He should
0: because be up to see in all reality, like when he. He got outside the pocket and was running down the sideline. Should have been picking up his teeth. I'll give him a first down. I mean, he, he had first down yardage, but another 57 yards. No, dog, no, you shouldn't be picking up your teeth after that.
1: He, he needs to, yeah, he needs to be, he needs to be picking himself off of the ground because I, you get two guys sealed and he, and he busts off for 61 yards like that, like that's, that's not rallying to the ball. That's, that's, I, I just don't, I, you don't see the same. Urgency. You don't see the same. What's the word I'm looking for? Juice, energy. What yeah. am I looking for here? At defense. Like, uh, th- that, well, yeah, that would describe we that
0: we kind of look like we're we're expecting somebody else to make a play, you know. Um, and it also goes not only you know are you trying to make the big play and missing, but where you know we're kind of sitting back and wait somebody else to make that play, you know. When it was all right, here's my play. I'm taking it. You know, it is. You know, and you know it just it's just one of those deals to where. All right, what are we doing? You know, where's the continuity right now? And that also goes with having guys out, too. You know, Bullard was out for a long time. Um, There's a lot of guys just in and out with injuries and things like that. So there hasn't been a consistent defensive group on the field. You know, yeah, you got subs and stuff that come in, but we're the starters. Like every single game, you know that this guy's going to start and he's going to be on the field. You know, when you start adding these little pieces here and there, that can throw off your continuity a little bit. I think that's also what's happening on offense as well. You know, you see how good we are with Lad on the field, you know, along with Rosemary Jackson, along with Dejan Edwards, along with Brock Bowers. You know, we got some pieces missing up front, so we're playing musical chairs, you know, due to injury. So, you know, once we get healthy – and, I mean, this is football, so there's nobody on in this, this league that's going to be 100% healthy. But it's just the point of, all right, that continuity has to be built, you know, with different pieces now. How fast can we get to that before, you know, things – just get out of hand.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's coming, it's getting rapidly approaching is the time that Georgia needs to figure out how to start fast and put teams away that you should be putting away. And and I, I think a lot of that comes with lack of leadership on defense. Like I don't know who who that guy is going to be like the N'Kobe Dean who's going to get up in your face when you make a mistake and and then get up in your face with the same level of excitement when you do make a play. Like, I, I don't see mm-hmm. that person. I don't know who that is. Is it Javon Bullard? I don't know. Is it Jamon Dumas Johnson? I don't know. Is it Zion Logue? I don't know. Who knows? That guy hasn't emerged yet. And and we have to, that has to happen if this defense yeah. is going to have any sort of accountability. Like, what Sean Williams, like, this reminds me of what happened. Uh, what year was that? 11 or 12? Where Sean Williams. Be 12. Men, 12 where he pulled the team in and just absolutely lit a fire under them because nobody else would. Yes. And then all of a sudden <laughs> – yeah,
0: You know what I mean? And they were, they were winning. They were undefeated at that point, I believe, if I'm not nice. mistaken. You know? Yeah, George. And that was just something – And he said the same thing that we're saying right now is that, you know, there's no hard-nosed football going on right now. There's no – I mean, Georgia's built off defense – you know, going back to just when I was, you know, watching George, just the Thomas Davis and, you know, the, the Mario mentors and Tim Jennings and uh, Greg Blue, um, getting all those guys up front that we had that were so good. Um, you know, they would come up and knock the hell out of you. That's, that's what they did, you know, and we did that last year. We did that the year before. You know, we're just missing that key aspect right now. And I'm not saying that it's not there because I know it's there. We're just missing that aspect. Like, like I said earlier, I just think that goes to missing some guys early on to where all right, I think we're, we're pretty much healthy now. Let's just get back to doing what we do best.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and doing what we do best is flying around and making plays. So I, I think you, you you key in on, on Ray Davis, but you also have to pay attention to Barry on Brown. Like he is going to be a problem, not just for Georgia, but for everybody in the league in special teams and – on offense, he's going to be a yeah. problem. He is from my neck of the woods, Nashville. <laughs> Pearl Cone. Mm-hmm. We played against him. That dude can fly. He's every mm-hmm. bit as fast as they say he is, every bit of it. And yes. and he and he is he is a matchup nightmare. If you let him get loose, and Kentucky can get mem- Kentucky builds momentum off that, that that type of stuff. And if you let mm-hmm. him get loose. It's gonna be a long day because he's yes. gonna to continue to get loose. They're gonna give him jet mm-hmm. sweeps, they're gonna put him in the return game, they're gonna do things with him, they're gonna take shots at they're gonna take shots at these corners. So Kamari Laster better be ready. Mm-hmm. They they took some shots There's on Keely Ringo. Like he Keely Ringo had a hard time with him last year. Kamari he Laster did. better strap Man. it up. One thing
0: about this Kentucky matchup in Georgia, this is still one of the toughest games of the year you know there there's one there's one time where they might get you if there's done they're gonna get you to be this t- this year right here why because they're executing i mean they they're they are clicking on all cylinders you know what i mean just watching them play watching those watching that defense lots football you know watching that offensive line block and just maul people up front if this was a year that they were going to get you it was going to be this year you know i think steves has done a great job of getting those guys prepared to play week in and week out and when he lose, a draw, I mean, those guys, they love Mark Stoops, and they play really, really hard for him. You know, and I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them in Athens. It's pretty much just another game for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, it's because the crowd is going to be a huge factor for us. You know, so I don't know if they're having a, a red out or a blackout or whatever they're doing, but the crowd is going to be a huge factor for us. You know, it was a huge factor for Auburn last week, you know, um, for us. You know, seeing all that ugly orange up in the stands okay. would make anybody nervous yeah. So, but, um, but that's going to be, that's going to be huge. Cause I mean, Tucky has always been a thorn in our side, um, just like South Carolina, you know, every, every once in a while they'll get us to, you know, but this is a really, really good Kentucky team. This is probably the most solid Kentucky team I've seen in a really, really long time um, from top to bottom, you know, usually they're deficient in one area. You know, I think last year it was more so offense than defense, but I think this year, as a group as a whole, I mean they are they're pretty sporty.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I think, you know, defensively, you just got to find the leader and you got to communicate and execute offensively now. You've got to find a way to be able to run inside. You have to be able to find that because that is the key to this Georgia offense. Because you have Cedric Van Prandt, you have Tate Ratlitz, you have two all American preseason all-American guys there. But for whatever reason, whether it's loaded boxes and not properly communicating, which again would fit the theme very, very well, it just hasn't happened with the inside run game. Perimeter run game, good. Mm-hmm. Inside run game, ugly. And
0: yeah, it's not good when the receivers are blocking better than an offensive lineman.
1: Put them in the <laughs> offensive line. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so like, how like how do you do that? Like, besides just keep banging it in there,
0: you just keep banging it in there. You know, at some point, you know, if you keep running the fo- here's my my philosophy is this: if you keep running the football, that lets your offensive line know that you have faith in them. You know, if you just completely abandon the run, just like hey, we're gonna throw this thing around all game, you know, they get passive. You know, you're like no. I can't say what I want to say. We're fixing to run this football right here, and we're going to get two yards. Damn it, we're trying to get two yards. You know what I mean? If it's third and two, I expect this All-American offensive line, whether we're missing a person here or there or not, it doesn't matter, I expect us third and two to get two yards. Hell, I expect us to get at least three. There should be no question.
1: Yeah. Anytime you know we mean? call inside, right the three yards. Yes.
0: Yeah. And right now. You know, and people, like I say this all the time, people want to say, oh, why Bubble call that? Because it was open. The first third down, if we block it like we're supposed to, it's a first down. Like, no matter, no question is the first down. No. Yeah. No matter what. You know, yeah. so it just comes down to execution. You're too big and too physical to just, hey, we're, we're playing passive up front until we get mad. And then we actually want to run the football. The second half, we actually showed our dominance. It was like, hey, this is what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just the point of, no, you can't abandon it. And one thing I like about Bobo, he's not abandoning it. This is what you're going to do.
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I think that's a. I think that's a perfect answer. I, I think you have to sit there and say, we've got to commit to this and we've got to commit to being able to to run the football inside. And I think it will pay dividends. And continuing doing what you do very, very well, which a, a staple of the Bobo offense is the power toss. And even though we're still doing it, it's the same blocking scheme, but you're, you're doing it out of multiple formations now, and you know something I think that Dejon Edwards thrives at as well, and, and so I, I'm I'm very excited that this team has potential to be able to dominate in the run game, and that's just got to happen, and that will that will unload the box. That will help the passing game. That will keep some of the pressure off Carson Beck. And 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 you should be able to move the field, should be able to move down the field with good rhythm.
0: Yes. I think we got to the point to where, and I made this point today, I just got mad all over again. But <laughs> we, we got to the point where we just thought people were gonna lay down. Yeah. You know, we've all these are two back to back national champions, and you know, they're this big bad offensive line and you know, they got all these weapons at receiver and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, no one gives a crap about anybody that you got because there you have a target on your back. You know, and we've gotten complacent we're like, well, we, we beat Auburn what the last four or five times, or you know, we beat the circle, we beat Circle line like a drum last year and just thought they're gonna come out and lay down. Hell no. Skirby said the other day, it's you can, Saturdays in the NCC are very, very unpredictable. Anybody can get beat on any given day by any given team, you know, yeah. except Vanderbilt. But at some point you just got to realize that these people aren't going to lay down. These people are, they recruit just like you do, and they want to beat you. They want to be the team to take the, the giant down. So either yeah. you can sit here and think you're just going to lean on people and it'd be okay, or you can go out here and assert your dominance on people. And I think that's what, you know, that's a frustrating part, but it's also a learning part too. Because we were missing so many people, you know, on the offensive side, but that's still no excuse to be playing as passive as we played up front. That's just up front.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to still come off the ball. You, you've had guys at the tackle position that were competing for starting jobs. Like, there's no reason mm-hmm. that they couldn't. They can't come in there and, and not skip a beat. And just because Amarius Mims is not in, doesn't mean okay we all of a sudden can't block the simple things that we've blocked for years and years and years and that we've blocked blocked at a high level.
0: Zone doesn't change. Zone is zone.
1: Yeah, zone is zone.
0: If you run run zone, you should at least get two yards every single time. Yeah. That's not a minimum. You should at minimum get two yards every single time.
1: And you should, and inside pressure should not affect you one bit. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're playing the combos right, and you're making the right calls. There should be no run throughs, and there should be nothing on the edge. Now, I will say this: some of the plays that are made are guys coming off the edge, and when you stack a box, there's always there's always going to be unblocked guys. But as a quarterback, as a running back, you are taught. And I and and I know in the duo scheme you're taught this, and I'm sure in the in the inside zone scheme you're also taught this as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there's you you have to account for the un, you have to know where your combos are, and you have to account for the unblocked guy. So as a quarterback, if your unblocked guy happens to be the guy uh the edge guy on the left, well, I have to account for him. I have to I have to make sure that he's held accountable for what he does if he comes off the edge if he blitzes off the edge. As a running back, I've got to know. Okay, uh, this guy, this guy is going to be blocked, so I'm going to hug this combo, and this is this is where I'm going to take it. Because if I go, mm-hmm. if I if I, it, it, and we we teach it as as bang, bend, and bounce, right? Mm-hmm. So bang is like you're right at your aiming point. You're there. You're hugging that 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 aiming point combo. Bend is everything washes to the play side and you end up bending it to that backside A gap and you find the crease there. Mm-hmm. Bounce means everything washes the other way and you end up bouncing it B or C to the call side or to mm-hmm. the play side. And so I think you have to determine what's going to affect your decision. Who's going to be the player that, that that helps you make that decision? And you have to account for him. And if you have a guy heavy off the edge, you gotta you got to either block him or RPO him. Block him or read him. Yes. And I, I'm not sure man. that we're communicating well on that either, or I'm not sure that Carson Beck may not be comfortable with that. And, and reading that, I know Stetson did a great job of that last year, which is why our run game wasn't a problem. So there's just things like yeah. that, that that stand out.
0: I think Carson is not a run threat to people right now. The young man can run. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but at this point, especially this time, this play this way in the game, if you go back to South Carolina game, South Carolina's two defensive tackles did a really good job of stunting and twisting and and doing a lot of things up front to kind of throw you off. All right. But at the same time, Carson had needs to use his legs. You know, Mm -hmm. if you go back and look, he may have pulled that ball on third and two. The safe bet is to give it and you get the two yards. Well, that end squeeze or you get a blitz and we can pull that ball. Sisson did a good job of reading and pulling the ball. You know, mm-hmm. Seth, uh Carson's going to have to use his legs. I think once he starts using his legs and actually becomes a threat, I think that's when we're really going to get humming because that that will get us out of, you know, tough situations to where he has to hold on to the football. Um, he may make a bad throw here or there. Um, and at the same time, I mean, look at Thornton. I never would have guessed that Thornton would have pulled that ball and ran down the sideline. But he um, did, yeah. And then what I happened? It, it screwed up everything played. on defense because yeah. of, the of him pulling the ball, you know. So we were now getting we're the sense. Wow. Yeah. So you know, at some point he's just gonna have to use his legs. Um, gonna have to get comfortable with. Sometimes you might need to just call a design QB run every once in a while. You know what I mean? Just keep just keep people honest. But I think having all our weapons at receiver now um, is really huge for us. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Bobo's starting to open up the playbook a little bit more. I mean, Beck was still he only misfired on 10 passes, still. So, I mean, his, yeah, his, throws, you know, that first half was just rough, you know, but we just got to get out, we got to get out of our own way. I think that's yeah. the message for the show. Georgia gets out of their own way. I don't, I, I can see us scoring upwards of 40 points this weekend. In all honesty,
1: yeah. We just Get out of our own way. Stay out of him, third long. Make yeah. mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Stay out of third long. Get out of our own way. Quit shooting ourselves in the foot. Quit shooting yes. ourselves in the foot. So, um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick off our picks by actually picking this game. Georgia's favored by 14 at home. Are they gonna cover this?
0: What's the over under?
1: uh the over under. Let me I knew you were gonna ask me the over under. Um the over under is probably not a lot. I I'm gonna guess as I'm pulling up BetOnline.ag. It's
0: gotta be uh, about forty something.
1: I, I bet it's I bet it's right at forty eight fifty two somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, let's see. It's a six o'clock game. Seven o'clock uh, your time. Um, is it peddable? Oh, there it is. The over under is 47.5. I was right on it. 48.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take. They let me down last week.
1: They've let me down every time I picked them with the spread.
0: So I am going to take the over in this one. I'm going to take the dogs to win, but I'm going to take.
1: If I have to choose, if I have to pick the spread, I'm going to take Kentucky to cover, and but I'm certainly going to take the over for sure. I think there's going to be an over. I think it's going to be. I think Kentucky's going to have the ability to put up some points, but I think Georgia's going to have that same ability. I think it's going to be a high-scoring, tight game.
0: I, I because think I, I think both really teams open. are
1: explosive. Both teams are explosive.
0: Yeah, things be like a ten point game, unless one just decides that they don't want to get off the bus, and then it gets ugly fast.
1: Which can happen Yeah, if Georgia decides not to get off the bus, we could be seeing a very good
0: these people it's a seven o'clock game, so people in Athens have had time to get good and sauced up too it's gonna to be loud mm-hmm. man it's oh, yeah. oh yeah all
1: right do you want to pick some other games what you got all right first one lSU at Missouri this is an interesting one because lSU is only six or five and a half point favorites at home the over under is sixty
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to take LSU here, just from an offensive standpoint. Um, yeah, I'm going to take LSU here. I might change my mind on Saturday, but I think LSU can pull this one off at home. That's what I think. That's what gives me. If it was at Missouri, I'd take Missouri. But I think no, with it, it being in Baton Rouge, it's
1: LSU. It's,
0: oh, it is that, at Missouri. That, it's at Missouri. Oh, I'm taking Missouri then.
1: Yeah. I was I was gonna say take Mizzou. Um
0: Missouri's dangerous this year, man. That's gonna be a good game. With mm-hmm. us in Missouri. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm taking I'm taking Mizzou plus five and a half. Or actually I'm gonna take Mizzou on the money line. Uh actually if I'm yeah. gonna I'm I'm gonna chicken out a little bit. I will take I'll take Mizzou <laughs> on the on the money line. All right. Uh, Oklahoma And well, actually, no, I'm going to take Mizzou because if they lose, I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose tight. So I still win that one. All right. Red River shootout, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas is six and a half point favorites. They are deemed the home team. So they're wearing the burnt orange. Um, Oklahoma's Uh going to wear the all white unless they decide the red pants. Um, But uh, Texas, very good team. Battle-tested. both. I think both teams are great. I think both teams are playing very well. I think Texas has been tested a little bit more than Oklahoma has been. But uh, Israel, the over-under, is set at 60 as well. What, what you got?
0: I'm going to take Oklahoma. I, mean, I think Texas wins the game. But I think I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover. The reason being, they are clicking on offense right now. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is having a Heisman-type year. Um, But like you said earlier, I think they've been a little bit more battle-tested. But Texas' offense has been known to sputter for a little bit, um, which makes me think that Oklahoma can kind of hang with them just a little bit to make this thing really interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the battle-tested thing. I think Texas is going to be a little bit better up front, especially along the defensive line. I mean, seeing what they did at Alabama um, impressed me a little bit and the way they were able to force Alabama into really just kind of looking clunky, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Uh, I think Quinn yours is also an elite quarterback. And I think Steve Sarkeesian has some tricks up his sleeve. And, and so I, I think I'm going to take Texas. Um, I'm going to take Texas minus six and a half. Cause I, I think they can win by a touchdown. And I think they'll, it, it's going to be touch and go there for a little bit, but I, I think Texas is going to end up winning and getting the cover there you go there you go all right our next one now this is this is one of those games where you wouldn't think looking going into the season that this game would have such heavy uh, SEC west implications but you have Bama at am <laughs> am is one it's basically a pick'em. it's one and a half Bama's actually favorite. Bama.
0: I'm taking Bama.
1: Yeah, I'm taking Bama too. Until, uh, I mean, the, I I just think their I just think their run game is just too. I think their run game is just too strong, <laughs> honestly. And, run game uh, and
0: their defense. It'll be a close one, I feel like, but I just think that. Texas a not ready yet for what Alabama is right now. now. If you call them like game two or three, uh, I'd probably be picking Texas A&M. But I think Alabama's figured out. I think they got them a solidified quarterback. And I think their defense is playing really good football right now. So I'm going to take the Crimson Tide on this one.
1: Going to take the Crimson Tide. Yeah. All right, last one we're going to pick is going to be – this is an interesting one because Florida's 18-point favorites, but they really haven't lit the world on fire, right? must be playing Vandy. And they're at Vandy, yeah. But Vandy, if you look at common opponents, Florida and Vandy fared better against Kentucky than Florida did. And I think they both lost, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, they both lost, um, but Florida lost worse, and Vandy looked a little bit more comp- competent than they did against UNLV. However, the over under set at fifty two, by the way. However, I think Vandy's pretty pretty pitiful right now. They're they're pitiful this year. So I'm gonna take I'm taking Florida.
0: Something's telling me to take Florida, which I probably might own. Saturday, but Florida does not play well on the road, so I'm going to go with Vandy. Mm. And this one, something about Florida playing on the road, they just don't do very good with. So,
1: I mean, I hope you're two, two, two years in. A, well, Florida's at home, by the way. I thought you said they were at Vandy. I I probably messed that up. No, it's at the Swamp actually.
0: Oh no, I'm taking Florida then.
1: <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I I think I I probably missaid that. <laughs> did, probably did I say said, did I say I was, at Vandy?
0: You might have, you might you probably didn't, but I was just thinking that Florida doesn't play really good on the road.
1: No, you're. I mean, you're right about that. They don't. But, um, okay. I I I probably very my my brain is also mush, but I could have very easily said Florida at Vandy. <laughs> I wrote it on my sticky as Florida at Vandy. So I like, I have our pick. I'm listing our picks right here on my suit, on my official yeah, believe in Georgia dog stationery. Look, and We're going to make a parlay, out, make of a parlay yes. out of this. We're going to build a parlay. I'm I'm going to play this parlay. And if it hits. Yes. Thank you. So. Heck. Yeah. Well, let's go and do it for us, man. Um, I know. Uh, Going to be an exciting game uh, Saturday. A, a game that we weren't expecting to be this exciting, um, but uh, but glad for the test because I think Kentucky being good is good for the conference. Um, I think any team mm-hmm. in the SEC being good is good for the conference, so I think that's a that's a welcome welcome bonus.
0: Absolutely, Kirby said that uh, all the SEC teams should be ranked. So obviously he believes in it too. Mm-hmm. Even Vandy,
1: oh, yeah. even Vandy, which is kind of a stretch, but whatever so before we get out of here who do y'all have uh down down uh, on Friday
0: we gotta take a trip to savannah against Jenkins of savannah for our first region game so um our everybody in our region's getting started and it's 15 well 10 games now you know the tenth game being the state championship that's the goal but can't get there without winning the first one so one game at a time
1: there you go and uh, we're playing Father Ryan, the aforementioned Father Ryan, fighting Irish or just Irish because mm-hmm. you can't say fighting Irish anymore. So um, I don't know if that's copyright or just the fact that people are just sensitive. I hope it's copyright. It's probably
0: copyright because we used to have the old like, Wisconsin W. And they sent the trademark letter down to where County High School saying you couldn't use that W. How what they knew about it, I have no clue.
1: But uh, they have their they, ways. They have somebody researching all that stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Or well, somebody sitting in the office somewhere just looking at all this stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I used to sit by a fax machine and send faxes to recruits every week and file questionnaires. Okay. Like I, I, like there's people doing stuff like that. There's people doing tedious things. Yeah. I I would sit <laughs> I would sit in a in an office for hours watching Submitted like randomly submitted recruit tapes to see if there's any inkling of something, like maybe a <laughs> slipped through the cracks. Yeah, like potential potential PWOS. That would do it. Um,
0: Check and, uh, uh, of the world.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh, Fabris was a really good audience, by the way. Coach he fab. was uh coach fab was a really good audience like he would like i would i would run some things by i would i would ask him sometimes i would say hey what do you think of this kid i was, and i would i would preface it by like hey obviously not a scholarship worthy kid but what do you think of this can you mm-hmm. tell me
0: I'm sure you got a very honest opinion from coach fab
1: yes <laughs> yes it did a lot of times I got a couple times like, that kid sucks. <laughs> like, <thoughts. laughs> it's true. And, so, and there was one time I, I think I was just in a, I was in like kind of a, a spicy mood a little bit. And I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to see him see, just to see what he would say uh, strictly to see what he would say. I, I showed him, I showed him one. <laughs> He's like, what? Uh, I can't repeat everything he said, but to these, he said something to the effect of, what the heck is wrong with this kid?
0: Yes. Why are you? Sure why are
1: you? Why are you showing me this? Yes, and he said, true John Faber's fashion. Mm-hmm. So that was fun, but anyway, we're going to get out of here. Um, it's the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. We thank you for listening. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, if you play our picks, you win because if we play our picks we also win so it's a it's mm-hmm. double benefit um israel good luck this friday get that collect that first week win brother. appreciate you appreciate you and hope you go on a run and uh we'll we'll see you guys back here next week we'll talk about the uh the results of this Georgia Kentucky matchup and we'll preview Missouri all next week coming up so uh stay tuned for that yeah. but until then as always go dogs